0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Maybe you're the first gay bachelor and we don't even know. I, I, no. <laughs> Put that in your promo.
1: See you later. Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI, in case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture.
0: Okay, so apparently
1: there's a run on ketchup packets, and this is how we become millionaires. I mean, people are investing in NFTs, they're investing in Bitcoin, they're investing in GameStop stock. Say that three times fast. GameStop stock, GameStop stock, GameStonk <laughs> game, shit. <laughs> I think, A, ketchup packets is easier to say, and B, easier to acquire. I think I got, like, five in the delivery I ordered last night.
0: (laughs) Per the Wall Street Journal, there is a shortage of ketchup packets, like, individually wrapped takeout ketchup packets, and people are flipping packets on eBay. This is our moment.
1: Yeah, I think it's time for us to get in and become ketchup packet millionaires and quit our jobs. If anybody wants to get in or has a a brilliant business idea, you can
0: email us at ICYMI at (laughs) Slate.com. But unfortunately, uh, that is all the time we have for condiments on the show today because we have a lot to talk about. And
1: it's about one of my absolutely favorite topics, the Bachelor franchise. I think we should maybe
0: establish now that uh, the roles we are about to fill for the next... (laughs) However many minutes are Rachel, bachelor, fan, and expert extraordinaire, and Madison, person who has begrudgingly watched the show with various groups of roommates over the last
1: decade. That is also how I got into the show. My junior year roommate started watching it, and I was like, Emma, this show is stupid. And that was in 2016. So what I'm saying is my relationship with The Bachelor is longer than any relationship I've ever had. Um <laughs> I do want to just put on the record that while I am not a
0: Bachelor, Bachelorette fan, I am a fan of generally bad television. I will never understand, but uh, (laughs) I, uh, I, I stand. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I think this is going to be a fun conversation about
1: the titular Bachelor, Colton Underwood. Colton Underwood, who came out on Wednesday, April 14th, and has been trending for that ever since. But this isn't just a story because The Bachelor is one of the biggest shows in American entertainment. Like they command millions of viewers, including me, and also make gazillions of dollars, very scientific. But this is a story specifically for us because Colton Underwood sits at the intersections of these overlapping forces that currently drive the franchise. And those forces are social media fame and socially conservative values. So today we're going to get into why Underwood coming out as a gay man crosses these streams and turns one of America's most popular franchises on its head. Spoiler alert, as most things on this podcast tend to come back to, it just means a shit ton of money. Buckets and buckets of money. (laughs) Rachel, how
0: many seasons, have you seen all the seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette? Like, how would you describe your your level of fandom?
1: Yeah, I have not seen all the seasons. I'm going to preface this by saying that if anyone's offended by this, check yourself. But like, I watched The Bachelor to bond with white women at work, to be completely honest. Like, if there's one topic <laughs> I can speak to with most white women at my jobs, it is The Bachelor. And it has really helped me in having something to talk about at the wine cooler, other than like, What's going At the on wine cooler, right what kind of office does what? Slate have? <laughs> <laughs> You've never been before, but we actually have a fountain that's just wine coolers. That should really be in the, like the job offer. I would have signed well, we way faster. We don't want people to just come to Slate because we have a wine cooler fountain. It's just it's a <laughs> It's a perk, you know. <laughs> so as we said earlier, Colton Underwood, who was The
0: Bachelor himself in 2019, came out in a fairly, I think it's safe to, fair to say an emotional segment on Good Morning America with LGBTQ legend sort of shepherding the way Robin Roberts (laughs) doing the interview. Obviously, like this year's been a lot for a lot of people and it's probably made a lot of people look themselves in the mirror and figure out who they are and what they've been running from or what they've been putting off in their lives and for me, um, I've ran for myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time. And I'm gay. And I came to terms with that earlier this year and have been processing it. And um, the next step in all of this was sort of letting people know. I'm still nervous, but um, yeah, it's, it's been a journey for sure. I felt like after this interview release there were there were three distinct reactions online. The reactions being like the overwhelmingly 100% positive the like we told you so obviously this man is gay which hate that and then the the like nuanced combination of like this is a person with a past, a messy a messy messy past uh which I'm now going to ask Rachel please could you give us like the quick and
1: dirty <laughs> version of? If there's anything I can do, it's sum up a single season of The Bachelor in less than a minute. We're not actually playing high speed demo right now, but Colton's ended up on the 2019 season of The Bachelor after being a contestant both on a previous season of The Bachelorette, which is usually how these things like elite is chosen from the previous crop of finalist. And he was also a contestant on Bachelor in Paradise.
0: Bachelor in Paradise is the one where they like go on vacation (laughs) with lots of former cast Mm -hmm. members
1: and have sex, right? Yes. It is like the platonic ideal of the show in that it's just a bunch of like messy horny hot people on an island and for Mm -hmm. some reason it's supposed to end in an engagement. So on Colton's season of The Bachelor specifically, they
0: made a whole big deal out of him being a quote unquote virgin,
1: right? Yes. Yes. And the quote unquote is because virginity is a social construct. It's not real. But yes, his entire plot line, both on the season of The Bachelorette that he appeared on, on the season of The Bachelor in Paradise, and especially on his season of The Bachelor, so much was made of the fact that he had not had sex yet. And so in his season, the kind of the big drama of the season was that he didn't actually end up getting engaged. And he really wanted One specific person, that being Cassie Randolph, his finalist. And she was like, I don't want to get engaged. So him and Cassie end up together. They date for a while. They break up. And after they break up, Colton begins, as Cassie alleged in a restraining order application, that he was stalking her. She alleges that he installed a tracking device on her car, (laughs) which is don't have words for it. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> like, don't do that. Just, just don't do that. It's just like a, a level of possessiveness and control that is so deeply unsettling. And so eventually Cassie drops her restraining order suit. They manage to work it out between they have a settlement. They come to an agreement. They release a joint statement saying that Colton has addressed all the concerns that Cassie has and it's like no longer an issue. And then several months later, good morning, America. I'm gay. So this is this is a huge deal. Oh, absolutely. It's a big deal, not just because it is currently and has been trending for like the past four day hours as of recording this episode, but because being specifically on The Bachelor franchise has become a really easy route to becoming an influencer. The, the bachelor industrial complex to influencer <laughs> industrial complex is now just a straight line. The pipeline. It's just, it's, it's, it's just a straight line. There's not even really a pipeline. It's a little jaunt. Like, it's a quick walk. Like, it's so <laughs> easy that it's now actually become a storyline on the show where people will say, she's not here for the right reasons. And before, like, I would say 2016, that just meant, she just wants to go on a free vacation to Rome. Now it means she's here to boost her Instagram following. Get that,
0: that fabletic spawn deal. This podcast is not brought to you by Fabletics. Uh, No, (laughs) it's funny. It's funny you mention the Bachelor to influencer pipeline because I followed Becca Martinez during Ari's season. That was the season I watched with my roommates. Uh, It's all coming back. Oh, that's a bad Um, season. That
1: season sucked. Keep (laughs) going.
0: Well, I just I found her to be really interesting. She was like extreme. They harped on how young she was constantly in a way that just made me want to root for her. She had a pixie cut, which. No one does. You gotta have Fox News hair on these shows. That
1: was diversity in that season. Like, (laughs) Becca was diverse because she had a pixie cut. Like, I'm not even joking. That was groundbreaking. (laughs) Uh, She is also uh, Latina. Also that. (laughs) Uh, So she was uh, literally a
0: diverse casting. But yes, the hair uh, was what made her stick out. But I followed her on Instagram and I did not think about her for like a very long time. And then like, Maybe a year or two ago, you know the the, f- the fickleness of the algorithm. Mm-hmm. I start seeing all these posts from at @becca on Instagram, who is this pretty cool young mom influencer, eco friendly, like that sort of her whole shtick. In it I couldn't place her, like I had forgotten why I had where I had followed this person, where I had found this person. I was like, oh, <laughs> because she has a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. about the show, and I know she's yes. doing a thing right now with her partner where she's they're watching her season together and he's, like, reacting. But so much of her brand is just totally divorced mm-hmm. from The Bachelor. It's like she's just a mega-famous influencer doing influencing.
1: It's honestly amazing when you come across, like, just influencers on your timeline or in your explore page. It's not really rare to find out they're one or two degrees removed from the Bachelor franchise just because so many of them have built brands beyond being on The Bachelor, but that's 100% why they started gaining a following. Like, Becca has moved beyond her Bachelor days, although she still is fully enmeshed in the Bachelor world. She's actually kind of one of the leading advocates for, like, having diversity on the franchise. But most Bachelor influencers are just, like, selling FabFitFun boxes. We should probably talk. It's tough to talk in concrete numbers because
0: talking about what you get paid to influence is still, like, taboo. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In 2018, there was a MediaKicks study uh, that estimated the top reality television stars, so Bachelor stars, can make easily a million dollars a year on Instagram. Like, there's very big money to be made here. Speaking of FabFitFun, Ashley um, Iaconetti, who was...
1: Whose plot line was also that she was a virgin.
0: Oh, God. But <laughs> Ashley told The Ringer in 2020 that, like, right after she left the show, FabFitFun offered her $1,000 for four posts. And that seemed like crazy oh, money so for doing nothing, for holding up a box. And, you know, then she added, like, I had no idea... What was gonna happen now? You know, she has over a million Instagram followers. It seems safe to say she makes more than $250 a post now.
1: Yeah. She's one of not a small number of people who have left this franchise with very real influencer careers and very real cachet, commanding millions of dollars per like sponsored post. Like, this is not small fries. Being on this franchise is re- like a pipeline to an actual career.
0: When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about how the Bachelor to Influencer pipeline and the increasingly online nature of the Phantom of the show have made Instagram and Twitter the public editors of the franchise.
1: On the internet, you can run, but you can't hide.
0: So, Rachel, I want you to talk to me about the fan base of The Bachelor Mm -hmm. and The Bachelorette. Because I have a picture of it in my head, but based on how this conversation is going thus far, I assume it's wrong.
1: The idea of The Bachelor fan base that I think most people have in their head is one that's extremely outdated. Which is, it's uh, moms drinking on wine night in, like, Ohio, who are, like, a little... socially conservative and like extremely heteronormative even though they're watching one person date 25 people at one time which is really something that never made sense to me but the online fan base is actually like a lot different it's a lot more diverse it's obviously a lot younger and it has honestly been one of i think the greatest forces for good in the bachelor franchise over the past i'm going to say decade but really like five or six years So, Are there,
0: like, big moments in in the fandom that stick out to you as, like, critical turning points?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are a few. I think probably the biggest—there are two really big ones. I would say when Rachel Lindsay, who was the franchise's first Black lead, was cast, that was a really big moment. And then most recently over the summer when America was coming to terms with the fact that it's a racist place— The Bachelor did not escape that kind of reckoning. Um, A change.org petition kind of circulated during the summer, calling itself a campaign for anti-racism in the Bachelor franchise. And the slogan was 40 seasons, 18 years, one Black lead. And that was in 2020. This was like the summer of 2020. So this is, there's barely been, a year has passed since this moment. And so in this change.org petition, you kind of see the dueling forces that are, like, driving the franchise at work, which is what the producers think fans in, quote-unquote, middle America want. And then there's what a younger generation of fans, plus these hugely influential former batch contestants who are also often pushing the franchise in better directions and have an ability to marshal online support, they're kind of just fighting. So did the petition work? I guess so. Like, the Bachelor franchise, that's the thing. The producers are never going to sit there and be like, we did this because we got online backlash. But after that petition came out, Matt James, the first Black Bachelor, was cast. And he was cast in one of the wildest ways possible, which is that leads are normally chosen from, like, the final pool of former, like, a finalist. But when Matt James was on the show... He had never been on a season of The Bachelor before. It felt so rushed. The choice felt very much like, oh, shit, people are mad. We got to find a Black person. And it honestly did not end up working out for them because how... Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, so what does the end of Matt's season look like? So he had the most diverse group of contestants ever on Bachelor history. His final four was also, like, the most diverse Final Four ever, in that it was three women of color and one white woman. Guess who won? Guess who won? Guess who won?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. And I want to leave here with you. And I want to commit to you and to every day, building on what we started here. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that I love you.
1: I love you, too. white woman. And it wasn't just any white woman. It was This is another Bachelor Rachel. Her last name is Kirk Connell. The black Bachelor Rachel is Rachel Lindsay. But Rachel Kirk Connell, before the show even finished airing, which is often what happens, people on the internet start going through her internet history. They start going through her Instagram posts. They start going through her Twitter posts. And they find that in 2018, when she was still in college, she went to an antebellum themed party. I'm assuming there are costumes? Oh, full, like, white flowy dress, like, slave master chic, like... These photos were taken during 2018. So these photos come out and piled on top of what happened over the summer, just, like, the franchise, the season, was consumed in flames. Like, it was crazy.
0: Can I ask a question about timeline? Mm Mm-hmm. So the show is already, like, fully shot. Mm-hmm. But after it was shot, that's when the mm-hmm. Instagram antebellum photos appear? Yes. Okay. Look, I know, I know why, like, the producers don't screen for this kind of crap, because it's ultimately, like, drama makes for good television, makes for good ratings, but wouldn't you just wipe your entire social
1: footprint before going on this show? So many of them don't when they should. Up until this point, the producers had kind of just been like, we don't look at social media or we'll do better about background checks. But with the Rachel Kirkconnell stuff happening after like the protests of 2020, they finally had to address it. And so this leads us (laughs) to the moment that I think you have also seen. (laughs) Yeah, Chris Harrison does an interview. Chris Harrison is the host of The Bachelor. Okay. Yeah. He did this interview with Rachel Lindsay, who since her season has kind of become, unfortunately, like the racial conscious of the show. Like she's constantly tapped to be like, this is racist. This season sucked. We need to do better. She's talked about how badly she was treated as the first black bachelorette. Like she has had to do work that she is frankly not being compensated for, including but not limited to talking to Chris Harrison about Rachel Carconnell. During that interview, Harrison defends Kirk Connell's virtue because she's a white woman and he's a white man, so he has to defend her. Okay, well, there well, goes...
0: the picture was from 2018 at an Old South antebellum party, so I think it's not a good look. No, well, it's not a good... Well, Rachel, is it a good look in 2018 or is it not a good look in 2021? It's because not a, a good look ever. Too. It was a different time, 2018. <laughs> 2018! A thing we talk about a lot on this show is how the internet really flattens nuance and there's not room to, like, talk about levels and how bad things have a scale of badness, but pretty high up on the scale of badness if you're still, like, bopping around in Confederate wear in 2018.
1: Yes, and so that interview went viral. Rachel Lindsay faced so much racist harassment after that because, and I'm sure this is what broke into everybody else's news cycle, Chris Harrison decides to step away from The Bachelor. How long did he step away for? It's honestly unclear. He didn't host the After the Final Rose of Matt James season. And for the next season of The Bachelorette, it's being hosted by two former Bachelorette contestants, which is kind of a big deal. And all of this happened because of social media posts people could have removed Yes. And while I'm not going to say contestants are getting smarter because clearly they're not based on the most recent season, former contestants who have been in the spotlight longer, and I'm specifically talking about Colton, seem to be aware of the ways that social media is now the public editor of the Bachelor franchise, at some point, he completely wiped his all his former Instagram posts. So if you go to his Instagram right now, there's exactly one post, a series of Polaroids, and it was clearly posted after the GMA interview, and it's him thanking all the people and friends in his life that have gotten him to this point. It's striking, and it's also a very smart PR move, to be completely honest, because he is clearly not only visually by wiping his Instagram feed but also by saying I was in a dark place I'm a different person now saying that's in the past I'm authentically me now etc cetera, etc cetera. that was something that really struck me in the the interview on GMA it
0: he doesn't ever quite link his behavior his abhorrent behavior with Cassie with being in the closet but he doesn't not link them in a way that's like, well, I wasn't living authentically, and I was in a really dark place, and all of that has changed now that I've come out. And I'm like, dude, a lot of a lot of gay people have been in a really dark, closeted place and are not popping trackers on their their girlfriend's
1: cars, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. And this really savvy PR move can also be seen in the fact that there is a new Netflix show. <laughs> that he right, I was going- say,
0: he's he's not worried about proving to people his, his influence or reach on Instagram because he has already secured yes. the bag.
1: Yes. I fully think that he timed his coming out with this show. And I think that the second scrub of his Instagram after December 2020 was probably when he was in talks with Netflix to host this show along with Olympian Gus Kinworthy, where I think the premise is that Gus is going to be like leading him He's going to be be
0: his gay guide. I mean, we all need one. For me, it was Holland Taylor as the law professor in Legally Blonde. But I digress.
1: I think, like, the ultimate lesson here, besides maybe don't do SpawnCon. Besides deleting everything you've ever put on the internet in a timely fashion. (laughs) I mean, the truth is, is that for so long, reality television has kind of treated social media and their contestant social media and their star social media as like auxiliary ways to promote the show or to like build up hype. That is not true anymore. Like social media is fully just a plot line in a way that it seems like producers and show exec people don't fully understand. And what they don't also understand is that they can't control it. They're not even trying to control it until after it spins so far out of their ability to control it that it's like, hire a 23-year-old. Like, just hire somebody in Gen Z (laughs) to tell you, like, give the phone to them and be like, please look through all of our contestants' social media. Like, this is how we're going to spin this. Like, I just, they need to do a better job. I have a question (laughs) because exactly what
0: you're describing right now is like Colton's, internet cachet and clout is colton underwood going to continue to be associated with the bachelor like will his fame forever be linked to the bachelor or is he ascending beyond it now
1: i mean i really think it depends on how he moves forward i'm interested as to how the netflix show is going to place him because there are some influencers who come out of the Bachelor franchise who've kind of fully divorced themselves from, like, the Bachelor fandom. Like, ex- you knew Becca Martinez for being, like, a mom influencer, even though she fully is still enmeshed in the Bachelor fandom. I have zero clue how it's going to work. I'm interested to see what his savvy PR team is going to transmute this <laughs> attention into. And so, just going to keep refreshing Colton's Instagram every two days just to see what's going on there.
0: Okay, I think that's it for The Bachelor and for our show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. It's free and the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Please, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. It really does help us to find new listeners. In the meantime, if there is a TikTok you just can't
1: stop watching... A vine that has been playing on loop in your head for far too long. Or maybe you
0: just want to talk about A-Rod's Instagram stories... Drop us a note at slate.com or find us on Twitter at the hashtag icymipod. We actually just got a really excellent suggestion from a listener that we're looking into. So we, we do take your notes very seriously and we mean it when we say we want to hear from
1: you. We really want to hear from you. icymi is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Horace Wickman is Slate's culture editor. And Gabe Broth is editorial director of audio online or not I don't know if people know this but like black people exist everywhere I I had heard this yeah (laughs) I didn't okay I'm glad
0: you know (laughs)